This is Vimal Workplace Podcast Experience. My name is Alex, and today we talk with Gary about KPIs for D2C e-commerce, uh, how we should measure them, and uh, what are the specifics uh, for these types uh, of e-commerce experiences. So, Gary, welcome, uh, and uh, please tell us about yourself a bit. Hi, hi, Alex. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, for sure. So I've been, I've joined Vimo about a year ago, just about to celebrate the one year anniversary. I'm part of the growth consultant gang and I'm very much focused on mark tech. So I'm trying to really leverage technology to, to profit growth of businesses. Uh, and that's, that's really most of the, most of the work that I'm doing with our clients. Full disclosure, Gary works uh, with me uh, in the UK unit, so I know Gary very well, kind of, professionally at least. And um, yeah, we work um, on our portfolio clients in the UK. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, Gary is very, uh, very appropriate person to talk to when we talk about like D2C e-commerce and specifics and kind of how to approach stuff, uh, what tricks to apply and stuff like that. But Gary, can you talk a little bit about why do you think you have those skills uh, working with D2C e-commerce and what your background is and uh, why do you think we we should talk about D2C e-commerce today? Well, I think D2C, first of all, I think D2C is, is, is really a growing segment of, of brands. We've, we've got a few of them in our portfolio in the UK. If you look at Wimbledon, for example, it's probably one of the crown jewels of, of, of the clients that we've got here in the UK. And it's, it's your typical D2C brand. I've been working with, oof, it's been well over 10 years. I've been working with some startups and beauty brands. And a lot of them were, a lot of them were, um, D2C. So that's really, a growing segment, I think, of, of, of businesses that are that are based online these days. Um, I started the first client I worked with. They started literally it's two guys, two brothers. Started in their uh, basement. They were making about five thousand a month, and they turned this into a forty. I think they're they're turning over about forty million a month now. Um, and so that was my very first client. They started very small. They've exploded. I was uh, I was their I was their marketing guy. So. I, I got a lot of exposure through this, and from there, I've just been working with with loads of different brands. So that's uh, that's that's a segment that I really enjoy because it's very focused on what I do. With very a lot of marketing involved, a lot of growth that uh, is very growth focused, and it's also very quick turnaround. It's it's companies that that are usually able to pivot very fast and take decisions very fast. So for, from a growth perspective, that's that's a really good environment to be in. Gary, um, I, I think uh, the, at least I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like 10 years ago, D2C was not really a thing. And maybe five years ago, people start talking about that. And why do you think right now D2C is such a growing kind of business model and everybody seems to be kind of interested in that and are they are is that a growing business model still or how do you feel about that 
Yeah, I think first of all, I think you're you're completely right. Like myself, growing up, like you would go to department stores if you wanted to buy stuff, or even online, you would go through portals, or you would go on the website of Marks and Spencer if you wanted to buy a Hoover, for example, or, or something like this. But things are, are really changing. I think it started maybe even earlier than uh, than five years ago, maybe over the last ten years or so. I think it started it started picking up, and I think it's probably to to the fact that this. We live in an increasingly competitive lex- landscape for brands. Um, you know, if you're talking about Hoover or you want to buy a mattress or you want to buy like t-shirts, you can buy it like everywhere. And the margins are getting smaller as well. So it's, it's getting, it's getting harder and harder to, to compete in this, in this, in this landscape. And so I think the, the idea for brands to go D to C is that they have full ownership of, of the shopping experience. Um, so when you go and you buy a product on a D2C brand, you know, they, they, they can present the product the way that they want and, and, and they capture all the data, uh, as well. But I think it's really the, the brand experience. And we were talking about omni-channel so they can, they've got control of the experience that people have when they shop on the website. But if they've got their physical stores or pop-up stores, you'll see that those D2C brands, they've got, they're the one that started this, this, um, trend of pop-up stores. And this is about giving people the same experience that they've got on the website in store, as opposed to, again, going to a a department store where you jump, you know, from from one stand to the other, and you've just got like lady there that's there is trying to sell you the the products. You can really brand the the whole environment. And you've got this omni-channel experience of being able to shop online or offline or, um, through, VR maybe now so you can, you can see with uh, with uh, uh, this 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 whole trend of Web three uh, virtual worlds that brands are hopping on as well. So they've got control of the whole shopping experience, and this is this this helps create brand affinity. This 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 helps them with 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 their branding. And when you get people shopping on your store and you control this experience and you make it special for someone, you're much more likely to get this person to come back on the store and buy from you again, rather than the, if they had bought your products on, again, on a Marks and Spencer uh, website, for example. So I think that this brand experience control is something that's very important for brands growth. And one of the only way to do it, and it's one way to do it is, is to go DTC. And I think the second very big important thing for this is, is, is that data that I was just talking about when people land on your website, you know who they are, you know what they've been looking at. You can start getting like behavioral trends. You understand what matters, uh, what people are looking at. So what matters more. So it helps you understand your clients. And obviously you can start with the, the abandonment cards and you can start uh, retargeting those people. And then once they bought something, you know what they've bought. So you can suggest them some cross sells and upsells, um, and you can build on your, on your retention, uh, as well. So I think this is, by the end of the day, this is really the the, the big deal with, with D2C is having ownership of your customers and their data. Do you think kind of recent development developments in technologies or not that recent like uh, SaaS platforms like uh, Shopify and maybe even social uh, social shopping like uh, Instagram checkout, which is now deprecated, I think, but still um, like uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, TikTok, etc. Do you think technologies like that uh, played crucial role in 
D2C kind of business model being a trend right now? Absolutely. I think that's been the key. I think that's been the key advancement that allowed those brands to, to really pop out because suddenly running an e-commerce business became all about marketing as opposed to being an IT, an IT project. Obviously, you know, Vimo, we're very enterprise focused and we work on Magento and composable. It's technological products that are part of those, that are part of those brands, right? It's time consuming. It's cost quite a bit of money as well. Whereas when you start on a, on a, on a platform like Shopify, for example, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need an IT, you don't need IT people. Uh, you know, you don't need hosting. You don't need all this kind of thing. You can create a website without, without a- any knowledge of coding and that there's no barrier to entry. Like it, it costs nothing. Uh, it, it costs less than a hundred dollars a month. If you want some additional features, you, you, you build your website like you use your, your iPhone today, right? It's just apps and, and extensions. So suddenly those brands have been able to bootstrap, um, an online presence, a functioning, e-commerce uh, website with super quick, super cheap, and they can focus on what they do best, which is which is selling their products and, and growing their brand. So I think this, for, from a technological aspect, you know, you've got this low cost, low, no, low knowledge platforms that started popping up and they've been a game changer for those, for those brands. And if you look at the big players like UL and, and, and Gymshark and Emma mattresses and all this kind of stuff, they usually on one of those platforms, um, actually. So, so definitely this now it's interesting that you talk about social media because it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. You've got a new affordable communication channel that is very visual. So it supports this whole experience thing, right? Super visual. It's video formats. Um, and suddenly brands have access to a major audience without having through the usual advertising uh, channels or even having to pay for, for PPC. There's loads of brands that bootstrapped on literally organic, organic growth from, from social media. So that's been a game changer. And if you're talking about technology specific, I think you also have like technology within websites. Like originally, when you think about an e-commerce website, you would, you, you've got your standard PDP with your product images, but it goes way further than this now, right? You've got product videos, you've got 3D animations, you've got augmented reality when you want to buy. So I'm thinking about some brands we work with in the homeware industry. Before you used to go and check the thing and do measurements. Now you've got your, with your phone, you can literally see it in your bedroom or in your living room, which, which changes the game uh, and reduces the need for this physical footprint that brands needed before. So, so I think technology is definitely be the key for this, for this segment of businesses to, to grow 100%. We talked uh, a lot about like benefits um, of a brand going D2C as opposed to kind of following traditional models of like retailers and maybe like B2C stores, like even in e-commerce. But what do you think are the um, kind of uh, drawbacks um, for for brands doing that, what are the obstacles that they might face, and uh, like, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, you're going solo. So you're going solo and you're going solo against the giants of, yeah, I don't, like, like big retailers like the Marks and Spencer and this kind of guys. So, so you're up against giants, which means that you need to be very creative in the way you approach things. Uh, and you always need to stay on top of the new trends. So, so you need to, you need to create your own demand. Basically, you can't, you can't piggyback of the traffic that those big retailers get. So this, this is a challenge. And I think you need to have the relevant team for this. You need to have a management that allows you to pivot uh, fast. If there's new trends that are coming up, if there's new social platforms, if you were talking about like live shopping, for example. So now YouTube, for example, we're talking about Shopify. They've got a partnership with YouTube. You can, you can actually like, it's not live shopping, but like shopping from videos on YouTube, uh, and this kind of thing. And you, you always want to be the first mover because that is what's going to set you up with a, with a big advantage, the first mover's advantage over those big retailers where big companies before everything, before anything gets approved, you need to get a million different approvals and they're very slow to act. So I think that's your edge, but you need to make sure that you acknowledge that that's your edge and, and you've got the right team to do so as well. Gary, thank you for conversation today. And before we go, uh, maybe you have some kind of recent uh, content or maybe books or movies or TV shows to share with our audience that you've been enjoying lately. Um, I, to be fair, I, I follow from a marketing perspective, I follow, um, a lot of, uh, various influencers. I'm thinking about uh, There's a guy called Ezra Firestone. Uh, interestingly, my, my last name translates to Firestone and I called my son Ezra, um, that, that I really like it's, 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 it delivers a lot of good content is the, I was exposed to post-purchase upsells, for example, this is something that was brought to uh, my attention through this guy is quite good, um, and I'll be thinking about maybe some some books that I can drop in the uh, in the comments of the of the podcast. But um, it comes; it, it's the same thing. Like as you said, you know, everybody's got his own take. Some people f- uh, focus on different areas of marketing. So I'm subscribed to a ton of uh, to a ton of newsletters. Um, a lot of them end up in my in my in, in the bin, but every now and then there's one that that catches my eye with with a specific topic, and then then you get information from someone that is very specialized in this. Uh, I think it's the key to really diversify and take the best from, from everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we'll be sure to add all of those links uh, to the show notes. And um, with that, uh, Gary, thank you very much for uh, being here with us today. And thank you for uh, kind of making it work uh, on short, such short notice. Thank you. No worries. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you.